So as you've probably heard by now, our friend, friend of the show, multiple time guest of the show, and just personal friend of Isaac and mine, uh, Jonathan Charks passed away over the weekend. And uh, he was a close friend. I mean, we would both call him close friends. We've been over to his house. We've met his family. We have had lots of long talks together. We've been part of small groups, Bible studies. We've been part of like each other's lives throughout the years. And, uh, and it hit us really hard. It's the reason why we didn't do a show yesterday. I know some of you were asking it. And this show is going to be a little different. This is not uh, this is not even locked on Mavs, really, at this point. But I know that we have pulled back the curtain a lot, let you guys into our lives. And, uh, and Charks is part of that. He's been part of the show a bunch of times. And uh, we just wanted to spend some time to talk about our friend and talk about what his life was about, talk about what he meant to us, probably some fun stories, um, but just honor his life and not not jump back into the lockdown Mavs thing yet. So if this doesn't interest you, totally understand. This is probably not the episode for you. We'll be back tomorrow fully. We'll be back uh, full lockdown Mavs, breaking down Slovenia, everything. Um, but it, it was just, it, it was hard. Um, we, we've known for a while that Charks has been dealing with cancer, that he had been um, going through treatments, that he had had, uh, ups and downs. It's not, it was not like a linear like progression that he went through, through this whole process. Uh, and it was brutal to watch his family, to watch him struggle through this, to think through this. Um, but there was such, there was such light and in like, like such encouragement I got from my own life and watching him go through this that I'm sure so many people have gotten. You've seen by now, probably the messages from bill simmons and from pretty much everybody at the ringer has talked about him on their shows at this point my wife even listened to one of their like game of thrones podcasts she's like they talked about sharks for like 10 20 minutes today on on their show uh his life is is reaching a lot of people and um and that's because he was a guy that uh his life was worth reaching a lot of people he was (laughs) he was an incredible person uh, I'm very honored to have known him, and uh, yeah, we just want to talk about him today and, and honor him on on our show that he's been on before, um, because he was so close to us. Yeah, um, yeah, I've been a tough past few days, and um, you know, John, you know, I was just telling somebody and uh, today, I was like, John used his platform um, so so well, and you know, he. Um, over the weekend, um, you know, I, I started just jotting down different things, uh, about, about him, about our time together. And, um, God tweeted that out yesterday, but you know, the first time I ever met John, uh, we was at a Mavs, Mavs game. And, uh, you know, all I knew about Jonathan Charks was he was a writer at the ringer and he had a monkey as an avatar as his <laughs> Abby on Twitter. And I didn't know what he looked like or anything. And, you know, this is, I don't know, five, six years ago. Yeah, a while ago. And, um, and, and I remember being in this media scrum and there's this tall dude had a beanie on, you know, John's a tall guy and he had a flip phone and I'm like, (laughs) the crap has a flip phone right now. And, and I remember him being in the scrum with it and I remember making a joke to him about it and I'm like, wow, flip phone. I haven't seen one of those in, in a bit, whatever. And, you know, we, we chopped it up for a bit and he's like, and, you know, John, if you've read what I, what I wrote, then I'm going to repeat some of this stuff. But 
he was like, yeah, yeah, my, my name is Jonathan Charks. And I was like, oh, wait, you're the guy with the, the monkey, Avi, like on, on Twitter. And, uh, and you know, it just, it started a unique friendship for me that, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a ton of people in Dallas. I just moved here. My wife and I've been here eight years. Um, I'd been here, I guess, a year or so um, until I got credentialed, you know, with the Mavs and start talking to John. And we instantly bonded over the fact that, you know, full disclosure, I'm going to talk a lot about my faith on this pod, but that, you know, I worked at a church, uh, still work at a church and I'm I'm a pastor and, he was like, bro, like, and we, we bonded over our faith in us being believers in a space that just being honest, that it's not that popular in the, in the sports media world to be a believer and, um, uh, be a Christian. And we just instantly bonded over that. And I never, I never thought from that moment on how much we would bond over our faith in, um, and our families over the years. Uh, a story about Charks and kind of just what he means to me. And in all this, I, I just hope that, uh, I don't know. I, ho- I hope that you, uh, you listening, you get the, just, just a peek into our lives or a peek into um, what Jonathan Charks meant and that his, his life will bring encouragement. His life will bring, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe courage to take a step in your life. Because for me, um, after oh man, <laughs> after college, I uh, I had stepped away from my faith a little bit, and I had just gotten sick of it. I had just gotten sick of the church stuff. I had gotten sick of the uh, the way people talk, the way that they uh, say things, the way that they flippantly just tell you that like, oh your problems are gonna be fine because like Jesus has got you right. And I'm I'm sure you listening to some people that think that same way. And so I just got sick of it. I just got sick of interacting with people like that, going to church, being part of that machine. And I just walked away. It was a big part of my life. And uh, my dad's still a pastor back home. And um, there are not many people in my life, Isaac, obviously one of them, but there are not many people in my life that reached out and like reached a handout to me um, and, and like tried to draw me back in or just tried to meet me where I was without any judgment without any, oh, well, why haven't you been to, you know, why haven't you found a a church group to be part of? He just reached out to me and said, hey, why don't you come to my thing and, you know, see if you like it. If you don't, no pressure or nothing. And he didn't even really know me. Um, And uh, that's just the type of person he was. He was the type of person to see that somebody had a need or see that somebody needed to be reached out to, and he would just draw you in. And I saw that every time I went to one of his small groups, every time I interacted with him, um, I would just see that. And I would see his, um, the way that he brought people in with open arms. And it's the way that our religion that, that Isaac and I attest to, um, it's the way that we're taught to live. And he lived that out. Um, and his testimony, like his story of his faith is, is incredible. Um, the way that he went from, you know, where he was, the house he grew up in, we grew up from completely different backgrounds and um, he was still the one that, that, you know, that encouraged me, even though he didn't grow up in, in the church, he didn't grow up in faith. He founded himself. God found him uh, where he was. And so he used that in his life to reach out to others. And uh, man, it just, it meant a lot to me. 
And uh, yeah, I've I've had a really hard time processing this, but I will always remember that and uh, take that in my life. He, he had a way of articulating um, really everything because he was so smart. He's such a gifted writer, um, obviously in the NBA world. Um, But he had this, way of always just like bringing it back to like us and i'm like bro like you're going through all of this stuff in your life but yet you always want to know and this is one of the cool common themes that we've heard about john over you know the past few days from podcasts and everything is like how much he always asks people about their lives and you know up until um you know, a few weeks ago, we we talked on the phone, and I was back home in Kentucky, and we talked. And he texts me, and he's like, "Hey, can we talk tomorrow morning?" And I'm like, "No, I can talk right now. It's midnight Eastern time." And we hop on the phone. I I walk out to my car. I set my car, and we talk for a good couple hours. And you know, at that point, chemo had stopped. Um, yeah, all of that, and uh, it stopped being effective. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, he just he wanted to know about my life. He wanted to know. And that that's how we, we, you know, I, I took that, um, you know, Melissa had been doing so many updates. Um, just her, she's one of the strongest people. I don't know her that well. Um, but she's one of the strongest people that yes. I've ever heard of, uh, met, um, how John would always talk about her, but, uh, you know, we established early on, he's like, I, I need everybody I talk to talks about my cancer. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I just want to talk about other stuff. And, you know, I would go pick him up from chemo, um, take him home or take him to get a smoothie. And we would just instantly talk Mavs, our latest trade trade machine stuff. Did he always uh, ask you, what's your hot take? Sometimes anytime yeah. we would, we would, he's like, what's your draft hot take? What's your, he always was like <laughs> looking for like the thing to just get it started. And oh, I love, I love that question from him. And like, I knew when I would, I would like, him. I was like, anytime I would go meet with him, I'd be like, Oh, I got to think of a hot take. Cause I know he's just going to ask me. I know he's going to be like, what's your draft hot take? What's your hot take about? I, I just enjoyed that time, you know, with him so much of talking basketball. You know, there's not, there's just not too many people in the world. Um, you know, when you find people in the world that are awesome people, but they also have like the same passions as you, yeah. it's not very, you know, and like my two biggest passions in my life is you either the gospel, you, you either marry them or do a podcast with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but, or both. <laughs> Yo, you, we, we got to pick up the kid. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, you know, we bonded over our faith in our belief in Jesus Christ and our love for basketball. And it's like, it's very hard. And like, you knew some pop culture stuff too. And it's like, these are like three areas, like two big areas of my life that I'm the biggest passion, most passionate about. Um, but you know, that first, if I could tell a story that I'll never forget. Um, so John, we're, John and I were talking on the phone back last spring and, I'm in the parking lot of a restaurant and he's telling me um, he's back in the hospital and he'd been in the hospital a few times. He didn't know what's going on. He thought it was COVID after effects and stuff. And he just didn't know what's going on. He was in this overflow of the ER of the hospital. And we talked for so long about basketball, the draft coming up because it was the spring. And um, I was like, Hey, just, you know, 
keep me updated. Like, and in that conversation, he's asked me about family, new job. I just started new church here in Dallas and stuff. And, um, just the classic John's like, I want to hear about you. Tell me about how are you and your dad? How, you know, I'll never forget complaining about like something about my job, like something stupid. We were at a pluckers one time and I just was complaining about my job. And then I look over at him and I'm, like, he doesn't have, he didn't have his eyebrows. Like, and I just remembered like, Oh my God, this guy's like going, to, how am I complaining about what I'm going through? Like it will, that always will, will uh, come back to me. Yeah. So we, um, I tell him to keep me updated and, you know, it's a few days later, I'm, I'm playing basketball one morning and I go and check my phone in between games and there's that a text from him and it's just, I have cancer. Um, I'll never forget the spot I was at when I read it. Um, and I remember texting him, I, you know, I didn't know what to call. I didn't know what to do. Um, that was on a Tuesday morning and I went up the next morning, Wednesday, um, to the cancer hospital in downtown Dallas. And, um, room 517 man like i wrote 517 on my hand every day for weeks after that and we had some of the toughest conversations and here i am you know i'm i'm a pastor um i went to school for this to to learn you know hear about faith and and for us to just walk through some of the stuff and these big questions on life and, um, and, you know, he had a little basketball goal in his room and I brought him a, a Dirk bobblehead and, uh, um, he had different books, basketball books he, uh, was reading and stuff. And we're in there, we're in there by ourselves. And this, this guy walks in and, uh, at the cancer hospital, they, they send musicians around, uh, they kind of rotate different types of musicians. And he walks in, he's like, Hey, can I, can I play the piano for you? And uh, John's like, yeah, yeah. And this dude rolls in like straight up rolls in a massive piano. And, um, and I'm like, okay, what's, what's this dude about to play? Like, and, uh, John's like, Hey, do you know hymns? Do you know any hymns? He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. And, um, it's one of those moments I'll just never forget the rest of my life. Um, you know, it was a good 10 to 15 minutes, just us sitting in silence and this guy playing, uh, his hymns. And, singing it as well uh, with my soul and it's just one of those moments man and we cry that day and pray with him and we and I left and I just remember sitting in my car just crying and um it's like what the crap is going on like my my friend meter I'm an introvert naturally my my friend pastoral ever meter inside of me was like out my cup was and I was like and I just will never forget that. And that, you know, that obviously started a journey uh, for him of figuring out what the next year was going to look like. Um, and, you know, he has so many friends in his life that are closer with him, uh, that have been with him for years. I've only known, I had the honor of knowing him for the past, you know, six years. Um, but man, he changed my life. Like, he changed my life for how much he cared about people, like genuinely cared about people, he invested into people. And he wanted to know about you. And that if there's one thing that like you're listening to saying, man, I, I came to listen to Mavs today. All right. And you're like, y'all are sharing your story. Y'all, one, I don't care if you're getting mad about this pod, but two, if you're, if you're trying to find a takeaway, 
actually invest in somebody in your life. Like know about them, like know about their life, not just the generic crap of like, Hey, how's your day going? And then you're nearly not even like listening whenever they're telling you how your day, how their day is going. And I meant like actually, Oh, Hey, so what's your wife's name again? Okay, cool. And then next time you're, you're, you're talking to them, it's like, you're asking about their wife, their kids, their friends, the thing that's going on in their life, their job. Like that's the crap that matters in life. And he showed that he showed what it meant to like, Oh, you care. Like, you you really care. You're not just small talking crap. Like you really, really do care. And man, he showed that. And it, it just he was always on my back too about like finding a community group. And he's like, hey, where's where you gonna find community? Like you got to do life with it. He believes so much. Like I, I was just telling. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just telling somebody about this day. I'm like, John believes so much in the power of doing life with other people. Yeah. And the impact of that, if, you, if you're not even a religious person, just take that out of it for a second. Yeah. Just say the impact of doing life, like actually doing, I know it's a cliche saying, but having people close to you in your life that can help you grow, that can help keep you accountable, that can help you just be in these times, in these valley times and in the mountain, in the valley times to help pick you up and in the mountaintop times to keep you humble. That like you got to have some people in your life that you're doing like like, we're not meant to do life alone and in isolation. And I mean, trust me, I want to be by myself all the time, but that's not the healthiest version of myself. And John always pushed that, always encouraged, always asked, have you found a community yet? Have you found like people that you're doing life with all the time and not just all these like random friends in your life? (laughs) And I'll just I'll, I'll forever carry that with me. And there are probably friends in your life. When I, when I saw when I saw the news, I reached out to like three or four friends. I was like, "Hey, when can we hang out?" Because you just never know. I wish I had hung out with sharks a little bit more, um, you know, because you just never. It's it's the the thing we say, you know, when somebody dies, it's like you oh, keep the keep the people close to you, close to you, right? It's that community. It's yeah. you have some. There's some. There's people in your life, like continue to invest in them, continue to you know spend time with them because you never know when it'll be like the last day. Um, I'm going to go this direction. I I don't think that you thought that I was going to go in this direction, but something in reading what charts said and he, he write, he wrote like a, an article like back in March, of like this year, or was it the year before? Um, just everything he was Which going one? through. Bill Simmons tweeted it out. Um, yes. Long night. The other day. Yeah. 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 Or the, will you know my son? Cause both of them get me like choked up. Either one. Head. Yeah. Either, either one, either thing that he wrote. Um, there's something about, having um and this is not from this is not from locked on this i am the nba channel manager of locked on this is do, not I, do I need to say it from, <laughs> no there's something about having an eternal assurance in your religion or in you know what you believe that allows you to live life and and figure out situations like this now he didn't he didn't have it figured out perfectly no one has no one will yeah. figure out what he was going through at all or be able to figure it out but Having something to look towards, um, my, the verse that has been in my you know my life forever from the Bible is uh, Hebrews twelve, where it talks about fixing your eyes on on Jesus. It gives you something mm-hmm. to look towards. It gives you something to um, put your hope in, and to not have to just rely on yourself to try and figure things out, and on yourself to, okay, well, what is my you know what is my life? Well, your life is meant to to live for something. And that's what has given meaning to my life, has given me confidence in my life that has erased a lot of fear in my life. Uh, and I know for Isaac, it has too. And uh, 
And I just want to encourage you to find something like that. There's probably been something in your life that's been reaching out. It doesn't have, you know, for you, like it doesn't have to be Christianity necessarily. You can figure it out, whatever it is for you. Um, and if you have questions or if you have thoughts, reach out to me and Isaac. This is this is always something we've wanted to be about is, you know, mental health, things that we're working through and, you know, we're, we're open about our faith. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter, on, you know, wherever you wherever you find us, I guess. Um, but we're willing to talk to you. I've talked to listeners throughout the years that have been struggling with things or had questions or been in a certain spot where you just feel hopeless. Um, and John was in a position to feel hopeless. And I don't know if he ever felt completely hopeless. You were, you were closer to him than I was in the, in those moments. But I don't know if the, the, every time I talked to him, it didn't seem like he was ever completely hopeless. And that's because he had something to fix his eyes on, to look, to look towards. Um, and it's something that he held really deeply. And that this is where the bringing people in, caring about people, the love that he felt for other people, that's where it came from, uh, was from his religion and from, you know, Jesus, like just to be straight up and, and honest. Um, and that's what gave him hope. And that's what gave him, uh, love in his life. That's, that's where he took that from. And, uh, and Isaac and I do as well. And we attest to that. And, uh, and yeah, that's that's something that I will always take from from John too. Yeah, he uh, yeah in the hospital that day, uh, he said a line. And guys, if y'all waiting for me to uh, cuss on this pod, here you go. Uh, he said a line, you know, to me in the hospital. It's like in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all the news that he just got, he's in the cancer hospital, and he's like, "Man, I don't have shit without God." And it's like the dude is like like sitting here crediting, like I'm, I'm sitting there like, bro, I'm not even in your spot. And I'm, I'm a pastor saying, God, why? Like, why is this happening? Like we're around the same age. Our sons are around the same age. We're like, we taught, like when our sons were born, we talk about it. It's like, Oh my gosh, Jackson, Rome, like all this. And it's like, why am I sitting here in the freaking hospital, man? Like talking about like, if it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, but we have to cling to that faith and to that belief in this God that we believe in. And he did, and he, he did throughout the whole process. And that's where he used that platform of going. I mean, he published an article on the ringer about his faith, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's on Bill Simmons podcast talking about his faith. He's doing all these different interviews. I feel like I'm seeing more interviews pop up now that I didn't even know he was on and like different podcast shows. My wife sent me one the other day. I'm like, I didn't even know he was on this one at all either. And talking about his faith. And it's like, bro, he has impacted the kingdom, something that he was passionate about. And that's what I wrote down. I was like, he, he chased after his passions that when, when it was all said and done for John, the things he loved, he did. And it's like, man, I want I want that feeling when my time's up. I want that feeling, know that I love my wife well. I love my son well. I want my I want people to know that I chase my passion. He, he loved the sport of basketball. He was just in Vegas with his wife, uh, you know, a few months ago, going to summer league. He loved writing. He worked up until he couldn't work anymore doing podcasts and it wasn't like the ringer was so well, like good to him yeah. of like work schedule and like he worked when he could and he, cause he wanted to do it. 
he was passionate about his faith and he shared it on the biggest stages that he had. Like these were his passions and he pursued that. And I will forever be grateful of that and love that about him. And I hope that I can do that in, in my life that I, that I said at the end of my road or in, that other people around me could say, Isaac chased his passions and he, he, he went after them with everything he had, you know, inside of him. And I, I go back to a, I was in the parking lot of a Chipotle a while back. It was back in the spring because we were debating on Tari Eason and who was, who was higher on him because John loved Eason. I loved Eason. And he asked me this question and I wrote it down on my phone and I look at it all the time. He said, what, if you were me, what would, what would, what would you want to tell your son? Like in the future. And he's like, you don't have to tell me the answer now. He's like, you can get back to me. And I was like, let me get back to you. But, <laughs> um, and you know what? I told him, I was like, I would want to know if I'm Jackson. I would want to know how much you love my mom. I would want to know that. I was like, I, w- I want to, I would want to hear the love story between my parents because my parents are divorced. It wrecked my life. I still deal with it to this day. But John loved Melissa so well. And reading her words in a caring bridge and all of that. I, w- I want him to know that. And I, I was like, that's what, that's what I would. And, you know, him writing of, will my son know you? Uh, that, you know, that whole story, right? You know, go read that. I don't even want to paraphrase that story he, re- he wrote for the ringer. Um that's what I want to tell Jackson as he gets older, man. Like, that's what I want to tell him of, man, I loved you. I loved your dad. I loved your dad as a basketball writer. I loved sharing Skittles with him in the press box. <laughs> I love debating, you know, draft prospects and Rick Carlisle's dumb decisions and, you know, Luca and all these maps. I love watching the 2021 playoffs against the Clippers. It's one of my favorite basketball memories ever in my entire life because we weren't set, supposed to like really set together because of COVID and all this stuff in the media and the arena just got to you know, like came back in. They were hosting three home playoff games. That's when they went up 2-0 in LA. They came back, even though the Mavs didn't even win a game at home in that series and they lost it in seven games. Charks, John and I set together all three of those home games and it was some of those fun experiences I've ever had in an arena. Us looking at each other. I could see him right now to my left and like us looking at each other and we're like laughing and we're trying to talk to each other, but we can't because the arena is so loud and game three. We're like, Oh my gosh, what is going on down to the, us staying after the final buzzer. And it's like me, him and Bobby, like, why did Rick do this? Why did, what is it? And it's like, we're sitting there like arguing about the game and like what happened. All of those memories. I will never forget all of those memories. I'll never forget all the things he's passionate about, but I want to tell Jackson how much he loved his mom and how much John just loved being married to her and just how passionate he was about him and being his dad and that seeing him talk about a, a draft prospect was one thing, but him talking about Jackson was a whole different <laughs> ball game. And it, it was, it was so cool to get him talking about raising a toddler and the different stages of that man. And 
I miss that guy, man. I, I miss our texts. I miss those conversations. I miss the random Mavs questions and in the middle of a random game that I don't even know if John's watching some away game. And he's just like, so what do you think about this play? That I'm like, bro, I know I saw that hold too. Like what is it? <laughs> I just, um, it's not going to be same covering the Mavs without him, man. No. It's just, it's just not. I'll miss his binoculars in the press box. My guy brought binoculars every time. I'd legit, I was like, I might just like buy binoculars and just set them up there. It's like, y'all, nobody touches these binoculars. Like, this is John's binoculars. They got to stay in the press <laughs> box. Um, I just miss that guy, man. He's just such a smart dude and such a good dude. Um, I don't know how this podcast is going to be for people or listeners, but this is basically just say, this is a us. counseling. Like this, this is us. This, this is just a counseling session for for Nick and myself to just talk to each other, and we just recorded it. So, uh. but it matters because he covered the Mavs and he lived in Dallas, and he was you know he'd been on the show. What are before. other pods doing? Like I didn't, I haven't even listened to pods the past days. Like, I haven't either. I just, I don't know. I'll t- I'll tell you when I when. When you called me, when when I found out that he that John had passed, I was at a concert with my wife and uh, her brother, my brother in law, and the Killers were about to play, and uh, you call you called me, and it was between acts, and I just sat there, and like now I hear this this news, and I have to process all of it while this band this band is playing. It was one of the most surreal experiences I've ever been in. Uh, and they play this song. This is really cheesy. They play this song um, when you were young. The Killers. They have that song that goes, "He doesn't look a thing like Jesus, buddy." They have a ton of like religious themes in all of their, in all their music. And the uh, Killers. The Killers. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, so they have that song. It doesn't look a thing like Jesus, but he talks like a gentleman. But talking about it's all about how like this this young girl like thought that she was supposed to go after this guy. Like she was supposed to find a partner that was like exactly like Jesus. And like you, when you grow up in the church, you're like told that there's this perfect person for you out there. And then you get disappointed because you know, they're, mm. they're not, but you find somebody that's like c- kind of like that, but you know, that, that, yeah. that appeals. To I don't you, believe in the one either. That appeals to you in a different way. I know it, that's just the, the point of the song, but I started, I started listening to it and it's like, like, uh, it started, started to make me think like about how we're supposed to look like, you know, we're supposed to, to be the best person that we're supposed to be. And we're supposed to, to reach out to others, to love others. And John was doing that the best he could. Right. Like he doesn't, you know, it doesn't exactly, he's not exactly like Jesus. He was doing everything that he, he knew to do and everything that he, he's loving the, the best way that he could uh, with all that said. And so I'm listening to this song being played. I'm trying to process all this. And uh, it just came flooding back to me and his memory is going to live forever. in, in a lot of these things, the interviews, like you said, the writings that he did, um, and, uh, and through his family. And so now, you know, they move on and it's, uh, man, insane thing to think about that someone could be here and then gone just like in a, you know, that's like our age <laughs> with this. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know how to end this. I didn't really know how to start this when we just, <laughs> we just kind of did, yeah. but, this is this is a, our you know remembering of Jonathan Charks. This is our uh, memories of him, and uh, yeah, he's a uh, you know we love him. I don't know how to end it either. Um, if you plan on going, um, 
on Friday. Yeah. To celebration of life. Um, you know, Melissa tweeted out uh, from John's Twitter account, um, the caring bridge from that and some of the details of that. And I can't, you know, push that enough. Um, there's one thing to hear about uh, John and his life and his impact uh, just on us two normal average Joes here. Um, but go, go read the caring bridge stuff and hear Melissa talk about John. And it, it's really um, inspiring and um, heartfelt and just everything. I just the season she's walking uh, into. There's also a GoFundMe um, set up that a lot of people has been you know, tweeting out and stuff. Um, Kirk tweeted it out. A bunch of people, have, you know, tweeted it out, and that um, all benefits, uh, all the stuff's going towards the Charks family. And yeah, just go read some of John's pieces, man, and like hear, um, hear what he had to say in these last over this last year. And it's like you know you. Um, to get biblical for a second. Um, I was say, we've already done, we've already, we've already gotten <laughs> biblical enough. <laughs> you know, back um, last Easter, um, I, I used John, um, John's story for part of a message I did for, um, if you are in the liturgical Christian calendar, there's a Maundy Thursday um, and before uh, Easter. And, you're basically looking at Jesus's last moments, um, last days and stuff before um, the cross. And, you know, I, I think there's something telling of what people do in their last moments of what they want to spend their time and their energy speaking on, um, doing and how much that matters to them and the impact of that. Um Jesus washing the disciples feet on that Thursday and showing an act of service on one of his last few days, I think shows an importance of Jesus saying, man, I want to show like serving matters, serving people matters in this world. And for John, look at what John did over the past year and say, man, what mattered to John? Like, and seeing all those things, seeing him talk about his faith, seeing him love his family so well and see what all they did like over the past year and looking at some of that caring bridge stuff. They went to Breckenridge and skied. And he's like, dude, I've always wanted to ski in my life. And I remember him telling me like the doctor's like, Hey, this ain't the best thing for you is to go skiing. <laughs> and John went freaking skiing. All right. <laughs> him and his family went, you know, went skiing him going to those playoff games in 2021. That was like, coming out like COVID stuff and all of that. And it's like, he wasn't supposed to be there, but John's like, I want to do this. I want to live my life, man. Like I want to do what matters the most to me. And if there's anything from that, it's like, live your life. Like, like do what matters. Be, be passionate. Like chase your passions. Do, if you've been putting off something to chase something, like do it, like go after it. Like, take the risk, take the chances. And John did that whenever he knew that his time was probably coming to an end. And he still, and he chased his passions and he did what he wanted to do. And he wanted to do these things that meant the most to him. And I guess that that's my question to anybody listens. Like, what, ask yourself what matters the most to you? 
What relationships yeah. matter the most to you? What what passions mean the are you the most passionate about? What what is that for you? And are you chasing it? Like are you spending the time with it? Those relationships, those passions, are you doing like life's too short, man. Like go after those things, chase them. John did it. So that means we can do it. I'm done. Sorry. Why did you just apologize for that? I just I don't know. Should I get the guitar out? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. All right. John, love you, bro. Uh, Forever a friend of the pod. Honestly, reach out to us. I will respond to DMs. I will respond on Twitter. Um, Yeah. If you're in a a place where you you have questions or if you need someone to talk to, we're here. All right. Peace out. Boom.